welcome to What the Hex, your source for Warhammer Underworlds and under 30 different ways to get the Primacy token. Uh, today, I'm your host, Phil, and with me, as always, our intrepid leader in the Great Wah. How are you doing, Davey? I'm uh, doing real well. I'm uh, <laughs> feeling feeling like I'm about to pick up that Primacy token and do some rad stuff with it. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, if you couldn't tell from our intro today, as we just got all of these sweet, sweet cards given to us generously by Games Workshop, and uh, that is very appreciated, especially in this time of pretty much not being able to play in person at all. We got the Mad Mob, got all their cards. Um, so we're going to give you some hot takes on those cards, um, and that does pretty much give us the context for this episode. We just had the cards drop. Uh, is that today or yesterday? I believe it was yesterday. That's what I was thinking too, but yeah. I, uh, days kind of blur together sometimes. <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, so we've had them for a day, so we're, we have no experience with these, but we're going to, we're going to give you our takes. We're going to see what we think. Yeah. Um, a little, a little further context for you. If you are a regular listener to the show, uh, we are recording on the same day that our previous episode dropped, which is the universals from Crimson Court, which are super yeah. old news by now. It was, yeah. uh, I'm as, as the editor, I was, I was, you know, dragging my feet a little bit and finally got it, was about to wrap it up. And then all of a sudden this drops. And I'm like, Oh my God, what are they doing to me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah. And, uh, and not only, do they drop these on us just keeping it rolling hot and heavy, but we know we're also getting a previously unannounced card pack in the near future. And yeah. It's just like, man, what a time to be living in, but also <laughs> like slow your roll GW, like give us a hot minute to actually absorb what we are getting here. Yeah. Um, it's funny because as a player, I'm like, yes, give it to me. And then as a content creator, I'm like, oh my God, how? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, switching between hats. I can't keep up. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, um, that's that's where we're at. Um, I, I, we have not mentioned this before, but I, I think it's worth saying. Um, we, we are actually early reviewers, which is to say that uh, GW sends us review copies. Uh, but the vagaries of the postal system <laughs> means that we typically uh, receive the the uh, content after it's already posted, or uh, I think at most it's averaging between twelve and thirty six hours before uh, everything is actually up for the pre order weekend. Uh, yeah. Which is not to say that it's not helpful; it's it's handy for us. Um, and uh, a lot of times we kind of I, I pass some of that content on to uh, other folks to uh, kind of expand uh, when we can. And, uh, uh, you know, some, sometimes it helps us out, uh, in a big way, but uh, either way, we're, we're very much grateful for it. Um, but as is the case with this, uh, we're seeing it at the same time as, uh, you all are. So, uh, this is making it the hottest of takes. So yeah, you get to tell us how wrong we are. If you're listening to this like a month from now, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. But you know, uh, join us for this wild ride. Uh, sure. It's been fun. Uh, before we dig in and really start to tear through these cards, um, we we got our community shout outs. Um, you got any community shout outs for this week? 
Well, our kind of obvious is, uh, we talked about this before the show, but Underworld's DB, uh, we were trying to discuss how to say that Mick Rat, MC Rat, uh, M Crat, <laughs> but uh, getting getting Underworld's DB up and running so quick, uh, we're actually using it tonight, or I am. I've got it, I've got all the cards pulled up and in card view so that I can uh, view them a little easier. It's it's unbelievable how fast these guys work. Uh, so, hats off to them and a big thanks uh, as far as that goes. And my uh, other follow up is that we we talked about last episode uh, tabletop Sydney. Yeah. Uh, did uh, did a series of best of five, uh, very cool. And I think uh, Phil, you got a chance to to see it too. I think it just wrapped up, right? Yeah. Uh, well, did they drop the final episode already? Yes, they did. Uh, okay. So I'm, I'm one up on. I know how I know uh, how it ends, but we won't tell you how many it goes for. Uh, we're gonna save. We, I'd hate to. I hate to spoil <laughs> all their hard work there. So all I can tell you is that somebody wins. And yeah. End. But. Uh, uh, and this actually may be news to you, but I'm, I'm uh, we're chatting with uh, Benji, who kind of heads up that channel. We'd like to get him on, uh, chat a little bit, which is to say that we are uh, we're looking at pulling in guests again. Um, it's been a while, but oh, man. Uh, so been a hot minute, but it'll yeah, be, it'll feel good. Yeah. So here and there, you may you may get some guest opinions, some some actual uh, good takes among our hot takes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and I uh, so for my community shout outs i i really dug into some battle reports um tabletop sydney being among them and uh yeah that was a really fun series to watch uh i really love the idea of a draft we've i think talked about trying to figure out a way to do a draft system for probably a few years now of like just <laughs> brainstorming like how would we do this uh but you guys just did it um and it seems like it worked out pretty well so maybe we'll have to piggyback and do something cool there. But yeah. um, also watched a uh, one of the recorded episodes from the uh, webcam tournaments over on Can You Roll a Crit's channel. Um, Scaith's Hunt versus uh, the Starblood Stalkers, which I had a vested interest in <laughs> trying to figure out more tricks with Starblood Stalkers. Uh, and that was a really great episode, uh, really great game. Uh, I'm again, I don't want to spoil anything, but it was, it was some very high level play, very well played from both players. So if you want to pick up some tips and tricks, um, especially if you're interested in either of those war bands, definitely recommend it. And, uh, was this one of those where, uh, John Reese was also, uh, commentating? Yes. Yeah, yeah. man, yep. that adds a lot, right? That's really fun. Yeah. yeah. I, I really, you know, when you think about it in concept, sometimes it's like, well, would I really care to have someone commenting about like what's going on in the game? But then actually watching it and being like, oh, yeah, somebody else is like running through the same stuff that I would be thinking about. of like, oh, here's the things I think they should do. And here's the things they could do. And here's, you know, just possible board states. Um, it, it does add that extra layer of like, uh, helping you think through the game while you're watching it. So um, I really appreciate it. And I know you watch a lot of content while you're doing other stuff. So I have to imagine that the commenting probably adds a decent amount in those yeah. types of situations. I, I mean, it, it's interesting because uh, we get good commentating and uh, it, it all it pulls me in, you know, so I'm often doing it while I'm making dinner or cleaning up after dinner. Uh, but if I've got like riveting commentary, 
I can't be like, <laughs> oh, what's, you know, what's this move? I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, let me see. Uh, and so I end up being like really ineffective <laughs> at whatever I'm doing. So yeah, uh, the odds, the odds that I accidentally leave an ingredient out of the uh, recipe increase uh, with the more riveting the content. So, well, that definitely seems like a glowing endorsement there. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's our community shout outs. Uh, before we continue on, we do have our one more regular segment of what the heck is going on with you? And what uh, is going on with you, Davey? Well, I've been uh, doing a little painting. I am almost done with my uh, chosen axes. Uh, pretty nice. happy with that. Uh, we'll post a picture somewhere with it uh, when I'm done, but kind of going with like a frost giant look. So um, it's uh, I'm looking at the four of them right now, and they're they're far enough along where they're looking cohesive as a group, and I'm pretty, pretty pumped. So hoping to ride that uh, motivation. And then... Uh, We'll talk more about it later, but working on kind of a, a secret side project, which is, uh, which is going to be kind of, yeah. uh, podcast adjacent, I would say, um, looking at a, a different angle to get some more content out to all our fine listeners. Um, and you were helping out with that earlier today. So, yeah, it was, it was fun. Uh, yeah. so hopefully everybody enjoys it because I think it's, I think it's a great idea. More to follow. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What have you been up to? More of that I star have, blood. Yep, more star blood. Uh, I I mean, I've mostly been trying to focus on painting right now, just because I want to get them done and to like a high level, so that by the time we play in person again, they'll all be ready to go. Um, fairly far along, actually, because I've been painting multiple days out of the week, which is more often than I pretty much ever used to paint. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, so almost done with my clack truck. Uh, his skin and scales are pretty much all done, which means that just have his armor and weapons left. Uh, so that'll be cool. I will f also find a place to put those probably in a number of different channels um, when I'm done with them. So you can let me know if you think they're cool or let me know if you think that I totally flubbed it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's been fun. Um, and I've also been tinkering and playing with uh, Starblood as well, um, which I guess you were also helping me out with earlier today as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, earlier, maybe last week, I, I managed to pull a win against them with uh, the, the Crimson Court. Uh, but I, I think uh, your comment at the time, because it was a very close game, right? I think I maybe took it by one. It might Two. Have uh, two. So it's something <laughs> like 19 to 17. And you're like, yeah, 17 is the least glory I've ever scored with this deck. And I was like, what, what, what? <laughs> like, oh no. Uh, still right. an accurate statement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm continuing to try and sort of perfect them, but it's been fun and it'll be continue to be fun as I plan for them to be sort of my main group going forward. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, finally getting to play in person and getting to see your your painted uh, painted dudes hit the table. Yeah. Uh, I know I know the nature of uh, painting is that you're gonna you'll you know all through the remote games you blow me off the table and then like the first time you actually put painted figures <laughs> yeah. on the board you're gonna end up Completely like screwing to glory, <laughs> love dice yeah. and have all my skinks dead in round one and yeah be like whoa that's cool that's fun that's fine <laughs> yeah. You just got to get that out of your system. It's a yeah, point. yeah. 
It's just the the new model syndrome or whatever. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> All right. But enough about us. Let's talk about Mad Mob and Do it. his boys. Yeah. Uh, so so obviously these guys are savage orcs. You can tell by their distinct lack of clothing <laughs> um, and armor. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Uh, these these are some pretty stellar models, I have to say. Um, and for those who are interested in the actual like tabletop AOS game, not just Underworlds, these are a huge step up from what we used to have for Savage mm-hmm. Orcs. So uh, appreciate that uh, for anybody who is interested in Orcs for AOS, because this is going to be probably a, a prime kit to pick up for that as well. Yeah, I actually have uh, a thousand points of, or what used to be a thousand points. I'm not sure what it is now, but a thousand points of, uh, uh, what are they? Bone, bone splitters. Bone splitters uh, now. Yeah. Their AOS name. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, these, I mean, people are are excited just, you know, even just a shaman here, like is, is a big deal for them. And these, they're, we always talk about this, but they're, they're great models. Really excited. They're, yeah. Yeah. Always knock it out of the park. Yeah. But uh, how about you run us down with Headcracker, the uh, the gob of Gork? Sure. Uh, I'm going to immediately detour onto, uh, so he's got three rules looking at his uninspired side. And yeah. one of them refers to somebody else's card. Uh, and so it's, it's a good <laughs> sure. one to, to cover um, as well as, as his. So there's Primal Surge, uh, which is held by uh all but one of the fighters uh which is to say that if this fighter takes somebody out of action they get primacy um which is a departure from uh the normal so they don't have to one shot somebody is is the bottom line yep uh which is which is a big deal like that that ends up because that is some of the counterplay against primacy so it just kind of helps guarantee that these guys will uh well, not guarantee. It helps increase the likelihood that these these guys will pick up primacy along the way. Uh, and then, uh, as far as I read it, uh, let's see. So it's, it is after an activation in which this fighter's attack action. So uh, you still have to do it within your uh, current activation. So yep. uh, out of out of cycle attacks are still not going to pick this up. Um, but uh, yeah. but the advantage is if they're wounded, which in the early stages of the game is often the case. Like you find a way to chip one damage and, and then get there. Um, so they got that. And then the other one is a uh, primal portent. Uh, when you gain the primacy token, choose one friendly fighter. That fighter is inspired. Uh, one thing about this is it's not listed. It doesn't have a reaction window, so it can't be blocked, but that also makes it a little more complicated to figure out when it happens. So, uh, if somebody has a reaction to scoring this, um, I don't think there's too many times where it's going to cause an uncertain game state. Uh, none, none that come to mind off the top of my head, but it, it's something to uh, keep an eye out for, I guess. Um, yeah. And we, we knew this one was coming, right? Like we knew that they interacted with primacy in this way based on some of the previews. So uh, gaining primacy, which is easier for them than others, uh, they inspire. And so it's got that, uh, it's got that vibe with, uh, Thundric is the one I'm thinking of. And, uh, what's her name? The, uh, Morgwaith. Morgwaith. Blade, Blade Coven. Coven. Yeah. Where, uh, 
your leader is the channel through which you inspire. So your leader is more important early on until you're inspired and then a little more perhaps disposable. Yeah. Uh, those are, those are two kind of like over overarching warband rules to keep in mind while playing these dudes, um, uh, that are involved. Um, other things that he has. So he starts out on three move, two dodge, four wounds, uh, two dodge and four wounds is pretty healthy, right? Yeah. Like, uh, that's on the more durable end of the leader spectrum. And that's the same as lady Harrow and, uh, the briar queen. And we definitely think of them as being tough to kill fighters. So, right. Yeah. uh, The only time it gets better is if somebody gets more health, but this is, this is kind of like the the top end. So uh, real nice Uh, move three is a little bit slow. Uh, but this fighter makes up with it by having a range two and a range three attack. Uh, range two being two fury for two damage range three being uh, a spell attack action uh, for one damage uh, with crushing for plus one damage if the target is adjacent Uh, so one damage at range uh, two up close and since we've already talked about primal surge uh, that makes that lower damage is not so it's nice where you can like pick somebody off maybe uh, Mm -hmm. and still pick up primacy with that spell or uh, chip damage off somebody and you're not you're not uh, torpedoing you're torpedoing your chance to later then pick up primacy so definitely pretty nice uh level two caster um i should say uh, unsurprising that the spell goes off on focus uh inspiration picks up a movement point uh adds two to the damage characteristic of uh the uh, bone crusher so all of a sudden he's doing three up close which is a big deal and uh that staff gets a little more accurate goes up to three fury so yeah, pretty, pretty solid all around. Yeah, that, that was definitely my first thought when I looked at him is that he's probably going to be like, it's going to be this weird situation where he's one of your more solid fighters, but you also don't want him to really be in danger because he's your inspire mechanic. Like, yeah, if he goes down, you can't inspire. So um, I think it's going to be an, a nice balance there. Yep. Uh who else, uh, who would you like to talk about next year? Well, I think, I think Tooth Dagger, since he's got the Primal Surge ability text, and he's also, I don't remember where it was, but in one of the articles that we had earlier, one of the previews, he explained that he's the boss of the group, um, which is a little bit of a strange situation to have a boss and a, uh, a weird weird uh weird shaman is that what yeah. they're called in this i think I so, thinking weird like weird boy but that i think is 40k <laughs> uh <laughs> but either way um so he's sort of the the next best orc here uh he starts out similar but with a lower defense characteristic so three move one dodge four wounds so still fairly survivable you're probably not getting one shotted um, but pretty easy to hit one dodge is not spectacular. And I guess we can just say now that all of the fighters besides head start on one dodge, three move four yeah. wounds. So yeah. if you're playing into these guys, you definitely know that that's, that's sort of what you're planning for is that they're going to be easy to hit, but they're also a little bit slow, um, to kind of cover for that though. 
Tooth Daga has Tireless Trackers, which is an ability at the start of the first round, regardless of whether you go first, you get to choose um, up to two other friendly hunters, which is uh, Wallop and Daco, because yep. they're all three of them are hunters. Uh, and you can push each of them one hex towards an enemy leader. Mm. So essentially this means that you get to start one hex closer than your starting hexes on whatever board you end up on, uh, yeah. which kind of makes up for three move. Um, I mean, essentially in the round one, they have move four. Yeah. So I think that's, that's a nice little, little bump. I think there's probably some weird things you could do with this too. If you wanted to play flex where, you know, you get a free push at the beginning of the game. Sure. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that'll be, that'll be interesting. I mean, uh, but weird things you're talking about, like you might put an objective, uh, into the spot you're likely yeah, to be able to I push mean, onto. You could move into an objective. You could push somebody into like, I don't know if you, if you had a situation where you realized after the fact that you had positioned poorly, that you could adjust your positioning because towards an enemy leader at the beginning of the game is probably pretty flexible. It's probably just about any of the hexes in front of their fighter. Yeah. Um, so you can kind of just do a quick reposition and hopefully adjust. Well, yeah. And what I, what I especially like about this is that I almost always have a deployment point that I'm like, I really like that spot, but that lethal bothers me. Right. Like, yeah. It, it's, it's, uh, they have a three damage fighter and all of a sudden I am worried about getting one shot as a result. And here it means that you can pick, you can put either Daco or wall up there and then just step them away from that lethal immediately. Um, yeah. So I think it really opens up some flexibility in where you deploy because you get to see where all the objectives and lethals are before you ever have to do anything. Um, and, and where the enemy fighters are for that matter. So uh, I, I think on paper, you know, we've talked about pushes before on paper. This doesn't immediately, you don't look like, Oh man, that's busted, but I think it's very powerful. So, yeah, I definitely think that's going to be strong, especially with, and of course we'll talk about him later, but I think with Daco, it gives him some pretty strong flexibility in the beginning of the game. Sure. Absolutely. But, uh, talk about what this guy does in combat. So he's got a range one, three fury, two damage attack. And uh, when he inspires, uh, he goes up to two dodge, four move, which is standard across, well, fairly standard. Uh, I guess I won't say it's across the board. Going to two dodge isn't standard, but four move is. Mm -hmm. um, and then his attack goes up to four fury for two damage, but he gets the a keyworded ability called savage, um, which is just the on crit do plus one damage, which I hope that that's going to be a new keyword going forward. Yeah. That would, just, that would save a lot of space. Sure. Um, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm weirdly like tickled by the fact that they have that in here and we're going to see it again in a second uh, with a, <laughs> with a keyword. Uh, yeah. I don't know. For, I, I thought a little bit about whether that makes it easier or harder for new players. Um, I think on balance, it's probably easier in the long run since you can, you don't have to have so much text on every card. Um, yeah. Uh, and I think it also promotes like templating where they make sure that they keep the wording the same every time. But yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it just, it saves so much space once they can get things down to keywords and sure. 
we admittedly don't have that many keywords yet in this game. If they do go too crazy, it gets a little out of hand. But for now, I think it's fairly straightforward. So I hope that one sticks because we have so many effects in the game that are do extra damage on a critical. Yep. Uh, Uh, That is Tooth Dagger. Yeah, I... uh... We'll, we'll, we may circle back in a second here, uh, but uh, the next one I would talk about is Wallop, uh, yeah. also a hunter. Uh, starts out at, uh, we already talked about it, move three, dodge one, uh, four health. Uh, attack is range one, uh, two smash, two damage, but has a leveler keyword, keyword and leveler is a, a generic glory seeker. So if target has wounds of four or more, you have plus one damage. Uh, so against generally against people who matter uh you are doing one extra damage and i really like this a lot because it gives him it gives the warband some extra damage but what it says is that uh this guy's without help he's not going to one shot a three wound fighter and he's not going to one shot a four wound fighter uh but it puts him one upgrade or one gambit away from doing that uh and i think that's really clever I, i really like I really like that that's where this fighter starts Um, because it gives him a head start towards taking down the big stuff, but doesn't, doesn't uh, make it oppressive against the medium fighters uh, in the meantime. So uh, clever work there. Yeah, definitely. Um, Inspiration. He'll pick up cleave and a movement point uh, and a reroll lucky war paint uh, reroll one dice in this fighter's defense rolls. Um, he's still only on one dodge, but if you were to pick up extra dice, uh, somehow then, uh, that's, you're only rerolling one of them. Um, so some modest, modest gains there. I think that feels situational. Like I think, um, if I was looking across the way and clack rock had inspired, then all of a sudden the value of that cleave goes way up, uh, because cleave against two, two block is a big deal. Um, and sometimes just that extra movement point is, is pretty huge as well. So um, he, he, even if you're only doing it for the movement point to increase his threat range, uh, that can be pretty valuable. So um, nice, uh, nice kind of brute. I, I feel like this is one of those war bands that really everyone's got their role and that's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really nice. Um, and so it's sort of like, where's the target priority here? Because like they're all threatening, but in different ways, which is nice. Um, mm-hmm. It's not like, hey, that's the obvious best fighter, and I need to take him out first. Right. Uh, well, that, that just leaves Daco. Yeah, it does our our sharp sticker. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> he's the archer. Um, as we said, same same bottom stat line, which will soon be top stat line, I, I think, if we keep the new starter set formatting. Um, he has two special abilities though. Um, I'll start with primal tracker, uh, since it's not tied to his attack. Um, so what this does, and I think we saw a preview of this, uh, earlier on. So you're probably familiar with this one, but, um, it's that if he finishes a move action, um, and he's holding an objective in enemy territory, and there are no enemy fighters within two hexes of him, he then gain or you then gain the primacy token. Um, I think this is very strong. Uh, you just have a free way of gaining primacy. I'm sure mm-hmm. that there's all kinds of things that you can probably m- maneuver with this ability. 
Uh, and given that you need to gain primacy to inspire, this gives you a way to get inspired before you have to do any killing. Um, and I really enjoy that. And I really enjoy the way that this warband plays with primacy. So I look forward to all the different shenanigans that people get up to with primacy now that these guys are out. Yeah, I have two thoughts on Primal Tracker, uh, or perhaps three. One, one I like that it's in there. Uh, two, I like that. Uh, I like the pressure it puts on your opponent, right? Like, so they're already at the outset, at deployment, they're already thinking, "Okay, I gotta keep in mind uh, tireless trackers like that." Mm -hmm. uh, can I try to manipulate that with my boss or do I not need to worry about that? Or is it not worth the energy or, you know, what, what do I need to think about there? And then with Daco, you're like, well, primacy gives these guys a free inspire. So if, is there an objective in my territory? Do I, do I need to like stay close enough to that to keep, uh, keep Daco from just grabbing it and inspiring one of his other buddies right off the bat? Like, uh, I, I like the mental pressure it puts on your opponent immediately. Uh, and, and it'll affect some more than others, but, um, I think it especially benefits if, uh, mad mob is playing into a, uh, like a sort of turtling control build, because those are the ones that are going to want to hold back further. And those are the ones that you will benefit more from getting inspiration, getting extra movement. So I think it's a nice way of, uh, kind of balancing out that, uh, that match up a little bit. Uh, and my final thought on it is that it's, there is something here worth needing some clarification on because, uh, it's not, again, it's not a reaction. It just says after this fighter's True. move action, if this fighter holds an objective, so do reactions or does this happen first? Uh, which is most relevant with something like slick rock. Uh, so, Ooh, yeah. If, da if Daco walks up, does this trigger first or does Slick Rock trigger first? Uh, my instinct is that the reaction, you probably resolve the reaction first, but it's not its not clear uh, right out of the gate. Yeah. I guess I would think so too. I guess it is a bit of an odd situation though because like the after... Oh man. Yeah. yeah. All right. And it, and it only matters <laughs> if... It, FAQ. Yeah. It only matters if he's just doing a move. If he's charging, then clearly slick rock will occur. Yeah, that would. Uh, well, no, carry. not even because this is after after a move action. I'm I'm wrong. After a move action, yeah. it's not even after activation. So, so uh, it's still, it, it's still an issue of... whether he charges or or not. So, yeah. Uh, I think we've got a, a couple other spots on that. Hopefully, we'll see an FAQ soon to clear it up. But anyway, yeah, well, we, that that is hopefully. one spot of his card. Keep keep it rolling. <laughs> yeah. I guess uh, one other thing I thought of while you were talking about this is that on top of it, like putting pressure on your opponent and making them do some head games, you can then kind of probably play a head game off of them in the objective placement part of the game because uh, like you could know, well, I'm just going to put one just across the line or whatever. Uh, but if you know their whole objective, they might, you know, I don't know. It becomes this thing of like, well, if they know that I know that they know. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I really enjoy that. I think there'll probably be some when people are at like the really high level, they played these guys a ton. They'll probably become these situations where they can get an edge up on the game just during objective placement. And I, I enjoy that that is a thing. Um, 
because normally it was really only a thing for when you're playing games with at least one of the warbands being hold objectives. And now you get that because these guys work off of objectives as well. Yeah. For his attacks and the other ability that goes along with it. So he's got his Stinga Bow, which is a range three, two Fury for one damage, which is a little unfortunate. That's very inaccurate. Uh, but I think it's sort of balanced out by this ability that he has where uh, he has a reaction where after his activation, if he has no move or charge tokens, so essentially you'd have to either push into position or already be in position to make an activation, uh, you can then make his sting a bow attack action. Um, and then after doing so, you have to give him a charge token. So you only get to do it once per round, but uh, making two attacks could be pretty nice. Mm. Um or going on guard and getting an attack could be nice. So some nice fun things you can do with that, I'm sure. Uh, and then when he inspires, he also gets the lucky war paint. So he gets that reroll, the extra point of movement, and his bow gets slightly more accurate with one more fury. Uh, but that is all of these fighters. And I guess my, my thought or my initial takeaway from seeing all of them is that like they're a really nice balance of hard hitting, but not super defensive um, and not super fast. So you sort of get a nice middle ground. Yep. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think you hit it on the head there. Like that one dodge and I've been playing some reavers lately and one dodge defense feels really bad. Um, <laughs> like it, it feels like you might as well have a blank there sometimes um but uh but the reroll is not not nothing because a lot of times you are just fishing for a crit it feels mm -hmm. like you know either yeah. they rolled a single crit or uh they rolled a, a couple successes and so a reroll might as well be two dice that's pretty good um I, reaching back to daco that that reaction it, it feels like it couples nicely with his primal tracker uh, where he moves on to an objective in the first round and then often objectives are all within three of each other. So then he just starts plinking people off of in, in the second round start. He has two chances to plink other people off of objectives uh, and put the pressure on in the objective uh, objective control fight. So, yeah, uh, but back, I, I really like how every fighter seems to have a role. You have you have your 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 leader who is um, inspiring people, has uh, has some good flexibility. You've got Toofdag, who's real accurate and can spike to some damage. You've got Daco, who has that utility role. And you got Wallop, who's your basher. Like, really cool. Um, and I was going to, I mean, I guess I'll ask anyway. What? Who do you think is your priority to inspire out of all this? I think it's probably Toofdag. Uh, I think he gains the most out of being inspired because he gets extra move, extra defense, and extra accuracy. So... Uh, I think and kind of stealth extra damage because uh, like he, he true. doesn't get his uh, higher chance of critting. Yeah, with savage. Oh yeah, he yeah. doesn't have savage when he's not inspired. So yeah, yeah, he he not only has the higher chance of actually getting it to happen, but also actually gains the ability. Yeah. Uh. So so yeah, I mean he's effectively getting like a half point of extra damage, you know, statistically. Um. So I think he once you get him inspired, he's probably going to go to town and be very scary. Uh, 
because he's going to be hard to hit and he's going to do a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. Four Furies a lot. Um, yeah. I think we've only seen that on like what one other fighter? Slick Slash. Oh, and uh, Slick Slash. Slick Slash and a ghoul. I, I know there's at least one ghoul. It's on four Fury. Okay. Well, and Scaith so. goes up to. Or no, Scaith's only three Fury? I don't know. Either way, it's a lot. <laughs> we've never seen five base on a damage, on an attack. So yeah. uh, that's, that's right up there. But yeah, so so some some nice fighters, and and I think we didn't really mention it, but there's sort of that middle ground also in terms of size of Warband, which of course we've seen a lot in Direchasm. But I I think I think maybe they've realized that four fighters is a sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not it's not too few. Three can sometimes be punishing because you don't even have enough fighters to take actions with. Yeah, uh, but it's not so large as to mean that you're potentially bleeding glory from having to just have a bunch of guys hanging out, getting hit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, four fighters, four wounds. I was just talking about that with the crimson court, how it felt uh, real solid with them. There was no like easy way through. We'll talk about that more when we actually get to review them, but um, yeah, there's no one, there's <laughs> no one in the war band. You're like, well, there, there's my easy kill right there, you know? Yep. So, yep. yeah. So, I mean, I think I think they will be a nice a nice slot into the meta um because they're tough enough to hang with the real aggro guys but then also have utility to deal with other play styles so they seem like they've got a nice nice place. Yep. So now that we've talked enough about the actual green skins themselves how about we dig into some of these objectives? I I didn't do stats um, I guess I could very quickly just count count some stuff. Uh, so it looks like they've got five surges and four end phase and a third end phase. Am I yeah. counting that correctly? Yep, five surges. Looks good. Okay. So yeah, they uh, have a nice balance of infaction objectives. Uh, I, I don't know if this is maybe... Maybe this is an unfortunate or maybe it's just an okay thing, but they do have a third end phase objective, which we've been seeing fewer of lately. So um, I don't know, I guess. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's a thing that they should keep doing or? I think uh, I, I like that third end phase exists in the game, um, but I think the the barrier for inclusion is very high on those. And we'll, we'll look at that card specifically to figure out if it meets that. Um, yeah. But uh, it, it can be fun to have, like, it can be interesting to build a deck that has that big swing uh, that's that's waiting for you, kind of kind of lying in wait. Um, can they can they get that score off um, yeah. at the end and have the have the big acceleration? Uh, some more bands, <coughs> stalkers cough, cough <laughs> um, can, can often pull that off. I think two games in a row you pulled that off on me on the second round. Yeah, uh, with their uh, the great plan, um, yep. but I think it's I I don't think there is any reason to not include them whatsoever. But uh, I think it'll, yeah, I think uh, it it needs to be real good. It needs to be very reliable or very uh, very big score for it to to make it in there. Yeah, that's that's basically my thoughts as well. So uh, my my take, just looking on them is uh 
you have three duels in there. Um, yeah. And you were, you were talking about how duels can be a little few and far between. There are four, five, five hybrids. So a lot of, a lot of fodder for, uh, your, uh, different strategies, meticulous strategy or flexible strategy or set the tempo. Um, yeah. so bear that in yeah. mind. I think, I think of those set the tempo is probably the most popular and given, given how many of these they ended up with that maybe that's by choice. Maybe that's by design. I don't know. Sure. But and honestly, I mean, any objective that relies on one fighter is, is dangerous, but, uh, just purely by virtue of having a, uh, leader with a range three attack action, all of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden bold conquest, uh, is available. And that is a yeah. duel, uh, and a, a duel that doesn't actually rely on dice. You can do it purely with positioning. So, um, a nice one. that, that always, anytime you have a war band that has that in it, you, your ears should perk up about the possibility of set the tempo or, or, um, meticulous. Definitely. Uh, but let's, let's do it. Let's, uh, yeah. let's crash into these. Where, where would you like to start? Oh, well, we're already talking about it. So let's talk about great hunters. That was that All third right. end phase one, uh, hybrid score this in the third end phase. If each surviving friendly fighter is in enemy territory and you have the primacy token, or there is no more than one surviving enemy fighter, um, three glory. Uh, so that's a, that's three glory is where I really start to pay attention. Uh, I feel like any, any third end phase to glory is uh, probably too little of a payoff to hold for the whole game. Mm-hmm. Um, so this this is where I start to consider the the card. Um, it's so it's doing a lot of things that you want to do already, which is uh, knock out enemy fighters or be in enemy territory. Both those things you're often striving for with this warband with a lot of their available strategies. Uh, the, the one there is the primacy. And I, I find even if, even if you can reliably pick up primacy, which this warband can do more than any other, uh, you can sometimes just end up with that awkward circumstance where you just don't get it. Um, uh, that being said, uh, I'm, I'm basing uh, that off previous experience and these guys of, of anybody are going to take more ways to, to pick it up. So, um, yeah. So I, I would put this as a solid maybe, which is a cop out. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what do you got? Any thoughts on it? Yeah, I. So I think I think this one again. It's sort of middle of the road. I think, uh, like you say, three glory is a high payout, but you do have to wait to score it. Yeah. Um, I think that depending on how you build your deck, this might be very reliable. Um, I'd have to go back and look, but I know that there are ploys and other ways to get primacy besides getting kills. And so if you have a bunch of ways in your power deck to gain primacy, then you can probably manipulate this to make mm-hmm. it fairly simple. I mean, having one fighter left in enemy territory and then playing one card in the final power step to get primacy for three glory feels pretty good. Um, of course, flow of your objectives and tempo of scoring is also something to consider with third end phase. So, I mean, you've really got a bank that it's okay to have this in your opening hand, um, yeah. or that it's okay to discard it. So that's, yeah. I guess the, 
the caveat that probably lowers it a bit in my eyes. Sure. Absolutely. Um, what else? Uh, that, why don't you hit me with one of the other end phases? Let's work through some of those here. Yeah. Yeah. So one that I think is interesting, um, and I'm, I'm, I've been thinking about it a lot because I don't, I don't actually know if I like it or not, uh, is weird omens. Um, so this is a duel and you scored in the end phase. If there are one or more friendly fighters in your territory, in no one's territory and in enemy territory, which by itself is difficult, but then you also need to have the primacy token, mm. which I think that might be the piece that puts it over the top for me, but you do get two glory for this. So it's just positioning and a yeah. primacy token, and then you get two glory. So um, it's a pretty decent payout. And if you're just moving forward anyway, this might be something you can pick up, but it does also suggest that you do have to have three fighters alive. Uh, so as the game goes on, this is going to become quite a bit more difficult. So mm, that's a good point. I, I kind of missed that last piece of it. Um, yeah. yeah. So on first read, I thought this is terrible because I was thinking back to my eyes in the nine days because they have a <laughs> card that's just like this, but it's only for one glory. So yeah, that's yeah. that's why I think that one's terrible. But uh, it, I've actually tried using that card before just out of curiosity. It is very difficult to actually pull <laughs> off um and having a bunch of pushes helps but man uh this is a lot of work um so i don't i don't know uh i guess i would probably rate this sort of lower to middle of the road um mm. probably not gonna make the cut in my opinion but i think it has some potential yeah i agree i think there may be a specific build somebody may try figuring out a not control, but like a very uh, steady version of this, you know, like, because cr crucially with this is that you could potentially score this without ever rolling dice, right? Yep. And so yep. uh, anytime that's the case, you need to, you need to uh, pay a little bit more attention. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. It's, it's definitely enticing. Um, but it almost, it almost feels like one of those trap objectives where it's like, yeah, this feels like it's enough of a payoff, but mm -hmm. man, it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. I, the other thing I love about this card um, is that we we find out in the flavor text of this card that uh, Headcrack as Snake is named Mr. Fangs, <laughs> uh, which by itself, I think, makes this one of my favorite cards in the in their, all of their objectives. Uh, nice. Uh, well, here's another one that uh, leans on primacy. Uh, but uh, may, you may be able to do that over rolling dice is a hunt the world spirit uh, is yeah. a hybrid for two glory uh, score in phase. If your warband holds two or more objectives and you have the primacy token or you hold three or more objectives. Um, given that uh, holding two is pretty reasonable. Uh, if you have something set up where you are running glorious triumph, this, mm -hmm. this gets pretty, uh, pretty saucy, right? Yeah, like maybe Daco is standing on something, and Wallop killed something, and Glorious triumphed, and now you're you're away. And two glory for having made one kill uh, is is uh, definitely definitely something to consider. Yeah, I think the hold two flex meta is plenty good for these guys as well. So yeah. I could definitely see this card being decent. 
Um, the primacy token is probably the only thing that gives me a little bit of pause because you can get it kind of stolen away from you. But as we mentioned with uh, Great Hunters, these guys are probably playing a bunch of cards that allow them to mess with primacy as well, which is different than most other warbands. So, I mean, if you have a way to just guarantee it, you can just drop the the last power card in the phase and make sure you have primacy, then yeah, this, this feels super solid. Yeah. Um, I don't know that the fallback condition is actually good. Like with a four-fighter warband, trying to do supremacy for two feels rough. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I don't know that you care about that. But but the fact that it's a hybrid definitely makes this even more appealing because like we said, they, they have plenty of avenues to something like set the tempo. So yeah. Sure, this just putting would... the word hybrid on a card that you're only going to score one way increases its value. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, they've only got one more two glory objective. You want to cover that one? Sure. So they got it's called smash them. Uh, so there's another hybrid, and you scored in the end phase if two or more enemy fighters are out of action and you have the primacy token, or three or more enemy fighters are out of action. Um, so two fighters out of action and primacy feels a bit rough into more elite matchups um thinking like into ripas this feels pretty bad but if you draw it at the right time then on the other hand it's sort of like you just drew free glory because if there's already two fighters dead just macgyver some way to get primacy and you get two glory yeah um and against swarm more bands getting three enemy fighters out of action will probably feel very doable with these guys because well yeah they've and, got and plenty even of just two with the primacy because you're much more likely to pick up like this feels real easy into swarms right yeah yep yep so i like this one i think probably the best of all of their two glory ones um but you just i don't know you've got to bank on the fact that there's going to be hard matchups for this and you need a plan for it yeah, but even this, they're helped with Primal Surge, where they don't have to one shot. Uh, mm-hmm. So yep. you would you would think this is almost dead into uh, someone like uh, Crushes, uh, except for the fact that it doesn't matter how many hits it takes if you take them out with an attack action, you are going to get Primacy. Yeah, uh, provided it's not Daco shooting his cool arrow. <laughs> hey, Daco with some upgrades, and he's suddenly putting out a lot of damage. Yeah, sure. So I don't know. I mean, even he can. He can do the work that, like you said, that, that wraps us up for the two glory end phase cards. Um, how about we keep going with end phases since we started there? Sure. Um, how about, uh, more primacy stuff? We got, uh, uh, I have Gorkamorka, uh, and this is uh, a duel scores an end phase. If you have the primacy token and your leader holds an objective, um, so same same thing we've been talking about. It depends on how reliable it, it is going to be to have primacy at the end of the round. Because uh, just having your leader on an objective is is not too bad. Uh, but if you if holding primacy is hard, then just take magical mark because your leader is a mage and can hold an objective. Yep. Um, but I think there is I think if you find passive ways to pick up primacy, uh, this is, I don't know if there's a control build with these guys, but this might be in it if that's the case. So. For sure. This feels like one of those cards where like there's obvious universal choices that sort of make this a little bit redundant, but it feels great in a 
starter deck. Like if you've never played the game before, but you want to learn sort of all the ins and outs, having this in the set of faction cards feels great because it's going to, you know, push you towards doing what the faction already wants to do, but also sort of incentivize you to learn about holding objectives. Mm, sure. So um, I really like that about the card. I, I agree that it's maybe not the strongest, but uh, that's not always the most important thing, especially with faction cards, because we yep. know the universal set tends to filter down to what we know are the best cards. And then we just stop seeing a whole bunch of other stuff in the competitive sure. set. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you wouldn't take this until after you've taken magic mark, I guess, but there may be something where you double up or yeah, rotation proof. So it'll be yep. there. Um, what else we got for the end phase here? Yeah. So I think we've got two left. Uh, and I will go to Heralds of the Wa. Uh, so this is an end phase where you score one glory if each of your surviving friendly fighters is inspired. Um, so obviously this is a bit like fired up, but a lot harder because you need to have all four of your fighters inspired. But I feel like these guys have a pretty easy inspire mechanic. Um, so... I would almost say that this is still worth taking. Um, it's it's rough in your opening hand, but mm. really easy, I think, as the game goes on, because you probably lose one or two fighters, and hopefully you didn't lose Headcracker right away, so you get the rest of your guys inspired, and you just draw into free glory for one. Um, and guaranteed glory in the end phases, uh, I mean shouldn't be overlooked sometimes sometimes we sort of lean towards two glory because we really want to help juice the totals that you can score in a deck but sometimes consistency is more important yeah yeah it's uh it's one of those that's easier to score later in the game than early and that uh that tends to knock it down a few notches in my estimation because yep. uh, the the first glory are much more important than the last glory uh, normally because those are the ones that unlock the um, upgrades for you. Uh, but again, I think there may be there may be like a more passive or controly build that uh, leads into this sort of thing a little more, where you're you're picking up primacy uh, much more passively. You know, pick it up, give it away, pick it up, give it away, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, the last end phase one is biggest and meanest. Scoring as one glory scoring an end phase if surviving friendly fighter has higher wounds characteristic than each other surviving fighter. That means uh, right out of the gate all your guys are accidentally locking each other out from this. <laughs> um, it means you can't score it against uh, Molog or Hrothgorn or Crushes or Dread Pageant, all of which have uh, fighters with more than uh, more than four wounds. Um, they kind of lean into this. There's an upgrade later, which lets them kind of really jump to the head of the line uh, as far as this goes. Uh, but I, I think there's better ones out there. Um, is the is the short of it yeah i definitely would agree i think any any objective that you have to have an upgrade to score feels pretty rough yeah um, especially for only one glory so yeah i would rate this one the same uh you got any surges you like here um yeah there's there's a few um i guess i'll just go ahead and start with here we go uh seems appropriate so this is another hybrid 
You score this immediately after an activation where each surviving friendly fighter is in enemy territory or each surviving friendly fighter has one or more charge counters. Um, for anyone who's played Corn Warbands before, they know that this is not always too hard to do, uh, especially if you're playing super aggro. Just charge all your guys and you score a glory, um, which always feels pretty pretty good. Um, but, but this is also a situation where, since you only have four fighters, if you wanted to, just rushing everyone into enemy territory is not, not an insane plan. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think both ways to score this are fairly easy, and one, one is maybe determined by how how many of the other do things in enemy territory cards you decide to take. But yeah, um, I think it feels pretty good either way. I think so. I, I think what I like about it is it's, uh, it's scorable in whenever you have it. Right. Yeah. Like if in later rounds, if you're already in enemy territory, it's trivial. You're going to score it as soon as somebody does something. Um, but even if you draw it in your opening hand, you can probably engineer a way to have all four fighters charge. So uh, the ability for it to be scored at any time is pretty, pretty solid. Yeah. And I think actually something that I didn't even really register, but having it be each surviving friendly fighter means that theoretically you could score this off of one charge, um, yep. <laughs> which, yeah. which feels pretty nice. So, yeah. you know, a little bit of uh, rubber banding there where sure. things getting way easier as the game goes on. Yeah, but as opposed to, because uh, the Dread Pageant have this, that uh, Endless Revel, where they all have to have a move or charge. Um, I mean, I guess it's the same, because you could move. But So if you're down to one, uh, it might be that you have Ed Kraka, who, uh, and if you want to keep taking some pings, you know, you can walk fair. to enemy territory. Uh, uh, would be if you had Dread Pageant, but here you got a charge. And so, um, yeah, one and done, but... Um, but if you walk yourself in enemy territory, then you get it. Um, so, mm-hmm. and then you can start slinging spells around still have activations, which is kind of nice. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Solid. Yeah. Uh, which one would you like to look at next? Um, I, I, uh, really like the space for bring it on. This is a dual surge score this immediately after an activation. If an enemy fighter made an attack action in that activation that targeted a friendly fighter as part of a charge action and that friendly fighter is not out of action. So somebody charges you and you're alive after the charge is done, you score this. Uh, I kind of have a sweet spot for this mostly because of the feel bad that you can bring on to the other player. (laughs) Like, you make the yeah. other player go first and they're like, oh, okay, well, you know, I got to move on to an objective. Uh, I guess I'll, you know, m- maybe they're charging or you know, doing, doing something trivial. Uh, and they make an attack and you have a glory before you even take your first activation. Ooh, ooh, very yeah. nice. Feels good. Um, yeah, it does feel good. Uh, it can get stymied if, if somebody doesn't charge you, but man, like it is a rare round that, nobody yeah. charges you uh and these guys get the health pool and honestly like later in the game once inspired they're on two dodge or a dodge and a reroll uh that they can often kind of tank that i i i like it um uh, yeah it's tough because you can't control when it'll happen but 
uh, I feel like when I'm looking for that fifth or sixth surge, this is going to be right at the top of the pile um, as far as uh, what I'm what I'm thinking of. Yeah. And the fact that it's a dual, I mean, dual surges are not common and a one that's probably pretty reliable. Although, like mm-hmm. you said, you can't dictate when it happens, but uh, especially in the current meta i feel like there's plenty of charges and plenty of attacks going on so yeah well um, and then also a card like this the the pure existence of it uh whether or not it's even in your deck they have to be thinking about that so all of a sudden yeah. they're saying like you know like uh Continue. okay like I, i've got i'm i'm moving uh i don't know talk i've got to grab an objective with talk like do i even bother uh shooting a blowpipe at this dude because right. uh because they've got bring it on so all of a sudden you, you're you're because you could have this, uh, you're actually building in a little protection to your warband. So I like it for that too. Yeah. This feels like one of those where it could, you could get to a point in like the third round where you, you kind of know that it's still there in their deck somewhere. And there's maybe yeah. like four objectives left. And you're like, man, do I take the chance that they actually still have that and give them a glory? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I like the head games. I like, I like that yeah, this, this warband should be able to sort of mess with their opponent. Yeah. Um, just really fun. I think let's keep that surge train rolling. What else you got? Yeah. Well, sort of speaking about how they can play some head games, they've got dead sneaky. Yeah. Uh, and so, <laughs> you know, uh, you'd think all these big orcs, that just want to smash everybody. They're not going to be sneaky, but here you go. You're dead sneaky. Uh, and they are scoring this immediately after resolving their warband's second or subsequent reaction, which if you think that sounds familiar, it's because it is. Uh, <laughs> we've got the exact same card in the Starblood Stalkers. And the uh, uh, Guardians, right? Correct. Guardians had it first, but yep. I, I think probably fewer people are seeing Guardian at the <laughs> sure, moment. Sure. But yeah, uh, you're right. Uh, reach way back there a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so I guess I like this in that it's fairly easy to do. It doesn't require any dice. Um, the only downside is that they don't have a lot of in-faction reactions. Um, as you sort of mentioned, a lot of their abilities that they have don't have an actual reaction window. Uh so while they do a bunch of weird stuff like after activations, it's not a reaction. Yep. The only in-faction reaction that they have on the fighters is lots of errors, Yeah, uh, which you're probably not going to be able to rely on for scoring this because you get a charge token after you use it. Right. It's very corner case. Like you have to not already have a move or charge uh, <laughs> in, in order to even trigger it. So. Uh, yeah. door is pretty locked on that. And I remember playing, um, what is it? Uh, uh, I'm going to blank on the, um, uh, Briar Queen one, but, uh, Miss G, nope, something. Oh uh, yeah. 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 I, I know it's your make a reaction. Yeah. And, uh, on, on that, uh, you had to rely entirely on cards for that, which feels like you're probably going to do for this warband, right? Like, cause you, you can't right. count on Daco being alive necessarily, or being in a position to even do this. I mean, it may help you score it one time, but, uh, I remember some, as easy as that card was, I remember occasionally having it stuck in my hand where I was like, ah, like, how, how do I get this to, <laughs> to trigger? Um, yeah. I feel like there are more reactions in the game now, um, uh, a, a little bit between, 
uh, a lot of upgrades with reactions. Um, yeah. Uh, so it may be a little easier, but, but two is a little bit, I, I think you, I think people are going to include this and then remove it and then put it back in. I think this is going to be that, <laughs> that, uh, 13th objective for a lot of people. I, I think I would agree. I think it's, it's a little harder to do than you probably initially imagined just because there's no guaranteed reactions. Um, agree, but yeah, uh, I will say that the, the, the new essentials pack does include a number of really nice reaction cards. So, um, maybe we'll see. Yeah. What surge should we talk about next? Um, I would say, uh, so stab, stab, stab is on there. Awesome name. <laughs> there is a lot of text on here. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, what it's, it, it has one piece, which is, a so it's a search for one. It's a hybrid, uh, score this immediately, uh, after an activation in which a friendly fighter made a successful attack action with cleave. Uh, that targeted a fighter who was on guard or had a shield defense characteristic or make an attack action that took an enemy fighter with a higher wounds characteristic than the friendly fighter out of action. Um, so this is kind of like uh, what armor only you have to, <laughs> only un, un, uh, unlike what armor you have to have cleave actually be relevant for the attack. Yeah. Um, and given that, only one of your fighters has cleave and that's only when inspired. Um, that is a little challenging. Uh, and then having them, the other part of it where they have to have more wounds than your friendly, uh, that is, that means you're looking for a five wound fighter unless you're a, uh, unless you're a mad lad and, and running, um, Malkin grace to purposely reduce your wounds characteristic yeah. or, yeah. uh, what, what was the other one? Uh, a uh, momentary match that we were talking about last time. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, that'd be a weird one for this. Oh man. Not worth it though. <laughs> nope. Nope. Um, um, yeah. I, I mean, I felt like when I read the first half of this, they were like, we want to reward cleave just like we did with what armor, but we don't want to reprint what armor cause it was too easy and it ended up being ubiquitous. Uh, so here's the thing that makes it much harder to score. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, I'm not going to take it anymore. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I mean, uh, the art's kind of cool. You get your like cool. Wolverine, uh, it's a cool, thing. cool quote too. Uh, boss, boss. I think it's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The oh. body has stopped bleeding at this point. I think you can stop. <laughs> Uh, treacherous foe that was the objective we were trying to think of ooh, all right yeah yeah yep. okay. i spliced that back in i'm definitely <laughs> not going to do that uh i think we're about we got that's, another surge here that's about it uh the only one that the only one that's left is green fury mm. so this is uh score this immediately after an activation in which a friendly fighter with one or more wound counters made one or more successful attack actions so this is kind of weird um, I, I guess when I initially read this, I was like, well, that's kind of cool. You could just like charge through a lethal and then hit somebody and you gain a glory, mm -hmm. but it does have to be a successful attack. So, right. you know, they're stacking that and then you're having to hurt yourself or have already been hurt, which isn't something you can control. So 
I mean, it immediately went from like, this is cool to that's okay to I probably this isn't probably going to make it into the deck for me. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's kind of like a middle of the road one again where yeah. this might make it in, but I think there's a lot of things you'd take before this. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, yeah, I, I do uh, objectives that give you glory for just successfully attacking and not taking somebody out of action like that feels like a, a lower bar than others but uh yeah like but, requiring yeah. requiring you to put yourself at extra risk is not great yeah i mean if this was in reavers i'd take it oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you don't want to do reaver things with not reavers yeah so right. yeah i'll leave this crazy home. Uh, all right. That's the objectives. Uh, let's roll straight into gambits and we usually leave, uh, gambit spells for last, but there's two of those. I'm going to, I'm going to challenge you to let's throw those out first. Sure. Well, I, I think they are, uh, there's, if I'm remembering correctly, one of them. Uh, there's yeah. two. They're, they, they both have beast I, spirits in the name. Yeah. But I was going to say, I think one of them, I actually think I might even consider taking, um, and that is cunning beast spirits. Uh, so this is cast on a channel. So it's fairly easy to cast since you're a two, a level two caster. Um, and if it's cast, you have plus one defense to friendly fighters in the next activation. Mm -hmm. So all of your friendly fighters, regardless of range, get an extra defense dice. Yeah. Um, and with fighters without have innate defense dice rerolls and fighters who start on to dodge or go up to two dodge you could be getting a lot of work out of this if there's a really key round where you know your opponent's needing to get something done and you can just sort of hedge your bets yeah um, it's pretty reliable and if you know if you're in a situation where everybody's inspired it effectively like everyone's almost on three defense dice yeah. which is yeah. a lot right um, yeah, it feels bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, the other one, it's compatriot is Brutal Beast Spirits. Uh, that goes off on a focus, so 75% because you got two defense, uh, two casting dice. Uh, if cast, plus one move uh, when charging and plus one dice um, when you attack if it's part of a charge. So it kind of powers up a charge. It is... It is combining. I, it feels like a good balance, right? Because it, mm -hmm. it's not reliable. I mean, is whatever. It's kind of reliable. It's at your seventy-five percent. Um, but uh, and there's no range restriction, right? So you you get your plus one dice whether you're shooting, um, uh, or whether you're up close, and it's just plus one dice, so it can be used for your spell attack actions. So uh, more things that are helpful there. Um, so it just depends like if you think that's something you want like that the, <laughs> the extra range and the extra dice are, are pretty nice and just how much do you value value reliability i guess is what it comes down to um yeah a side note on these two it is a callback so far all the orc warbands so far uh have had the brutal and cunning uh duality so kind of a brutal brutal but cunning yeah uh, et cetera et cetera uh, and here's where it pops up for the mad mob. I like that they're keeping that rolling. Yeah. And, and I like this one, like you say, but I, I feel, and, and maybe post rotation, it'll 
feel better, but we have a number of other things that give extra dice and damage or extra dice and you know some you get you get multiple effects and it's on a ploy instead of a spell so i think well this one does feel pretty good for a spell um, the utility is pretty solid i think more often than not you'll probably end up having trouble fitting this one in mm-hmm. um but if you decide to go super crazy and try and actually score off of casting spells uh yeah but hey maybe this makes more sense sure yeah all right so uh some of these other gambit ploys um i i mean there's a number of them that i really like but i think i'm gonna start with degrade stomp Mm -hmm. um I, i really i really like this where you get to push each friendly fighter up to one hex towards the nearest enemy fighter. Um, so this is a nice balance because uh, usually what we see is either they limit the number of fighters that can be moved or there's some other limitation as to the direction you can move. And in this case, it's that everyone has to be going towards the nearest fighter. Uh, the interesting thing is that given there's no range on this, that the nearest fighter could be a whole bunch of different directions. And so all of a sudden you'd have to move all your fighters like in all these different places and completely change the board state. Um, And I really like that. Uh, But it does also mean that your opponent knowing that you have this card could even counterplay it to some degree um, and move somebody adjacent to one of your fighters just to deny this. Um, So I don't know. I like, I like having a infection push that's really good, but has some, counterplay yeah uh and yeah and all the fighters have to go so like it it messes with you if you've kind of positioned your other fighters in a spot i don't know rewards some a uh, little bit more forward thinking mm-hmm. um we'll go with another uh well there's kind of a pair here that uh are more powerful if uh primacy is held so mm-hmm. uh there's the big wah uh, plus one dice to friendly fighters range one attack actions in the next activation. If you have the primacy token, when you play this card, this effect persists until the, uh, until you lose primacy or until the end of the round. Uh, so plus one dice is, uh, kind of your standard baseline, um, uh, determined effort. Uh, if we're looking back at night vault era, um, but if you can get it more than once, then you're talking big time. Uh, but the thing is, with this warband, there's only two fighters that have a range one attack. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Wallop and Toofdaga, the other two don't actually have a range one attack unless you give them an upgrade. Uh, so, I think that mitigates this a little bit. I think if you're doing this, then you uh, are hopefully having enough pushes to um, slide Toofdaga or Wallop around to have them attack multiple times. Um, or have uh, some other way of uh, increasing their efficiency or maybe a weapon for um, uh, Daco to pick up. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you would mention having other ways that you could potentially uh, gain some extra use out of that card. Um, and I guess one of the ways that you could do that is with it, the other card that sort of relies on primacy. Um, which is a reaction where you use this after friendly fighters activation in which that friendly fighter made one or more failed attack actions. 
if you have the primacy token, you can discard it, uh, and then uh, the fighter makes one attack action. Otherwise, you can inspire the fighter. So I think... Oh, no, it wouldn't work, because if you discard the, the primacy token, you lose the benefit of Dibigwa. Mm. so never mind you wouldn't be able to do that but <laughs> it does let you get an extra attack for missing um yeah. but the nice thing about this is that it's not just a card you can hold on to uh to try and get extra attacks you can also use it as a free inspire yeah. um which i think is a nice little caveat to have on this where it's like well maybe i don't have primacy so i can't get an extra attack but at least i can get my guy inspired yeah and given that three of your fighters have a defensive buff when they inspire that's that's some, worth something right mm-hmm. like two of them get re-rolls one of them gets an extra defense die yeah uh and the the uh swing again is really powerful especially um if you can well let's see so you would attack uh, if you miss, you could discard. If you had primacy, attack. Uh, you miss. You discard primacy to attack again. Unfortunately, once you're reacting, it's after the activation. So you can no longer, with your reaction attack, you couldn't pick primacy back up. Right? Correct. Because um, you'd be good. It's the base base primacy rules. And even the uh, uh, primal surge requires it to happen during an activation. So unless you're doing something crazy like a scything attack, um, yeah. the, the follow up, but still like getting an extra attack, um, is, uh, uh, often, often game breaking. So, yeah. Uh, the, actually the other card I was referring to is uh, never tiring and that's plus one move for the next oh. activation. If you have primacy, when you play this oh, effect yeah. persists until you lose primacy or until the end of the round. Um, with all the speed buffs, uh, it feels like it's got a lot of competition, especially since these guys are already hunters, uh, all but uh, uh, headcracker. So then uh, tracking is in the mix for them. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, if you get plus one across the board, and that's pretty, that's pretty good. So uh. yeah, I mean, this feels this feels like one of those cards where you can kind of set your opponent up for a trap, right? Yep. You, they think they're safe and then all of a sudden all your fighters go to four or five move yeah uh <laughs> and all your charges become in play again and they're like yeah. oh crap yeah so yeah i like that one um uh, and they've got so much stuff that plays with primacy i they do yeah didn't even <laughs> uh let's look at the primal brutality and primal cunning next what which one of those do you want to pick up sure um i'll do primal cunning uh so you choose a friendly fighter, and then if you have the primacy token, you give the primacy token to your opponent. You don't actually discard it. You just give it to your opponent, um, and you then get to push the chosen fighter one hex or up to three hexes if you gave the primacy token to an opponent. Mm-hmm. So at worst, this is a sidestep. At mm-hmm. best, this is a even better version of uh, Commanding Stride. Um, and commanding stride is great. So being able to push yeah. any fighter you want three hexes into any hex you want, um, that seems pretty, pretty good. <laughs> yeah. If you told me I could have a card that is sidestep, that is situationally way better, uh, then I would say, yes, a hundred percent. I'm going to take that. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this feels a little bit like Wanchi's device out of the Starblood Stalkers, which is basically distraction, but situationally way better. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
it's kind of like, well, why if I'm having to choose between them, of course, I take the one that has the situational buff. And then also it gives me a way to have multiple copies. Mm. So uh, very strong. And I, I really like the opportunities here. This this is an example of where I've got primacy. I want to earn it again. Um, so I'm going to discard it, push myself three, and now I can have a devastating attack drop. Yeah, uh, man, that is some serious range. That that like that effect of being able to push three on its own, I think, is worth having other gambits which uh, pick you up primacy. <laughs> yeah, uh, for about, sure. And, yeah. Um, speaking of which, yeah. Uh, you want to lay us down with uh, primal brutality? Yeah, yeah. So primal brutality. Um, so you get to pick one of a couple effects. So you gain the primacy token, or you can discard the primacy token. If you discard the token, you choose one friendly fighter with no charge tokens, uh, and then the chosen fighter makes a range one or two attack action. Which, oh my, <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's super good. Uh, otherwise. Uh, you can then, oh, oh, okay. Okay, right. So, uh, and then there's the final tag to that is that if they do this, you then do have to give them a charge token. Mm -hmm. um, so free attacks are amazing. Uh, <laughs> and being able to just get an attack when your opponent's least expecting it is probably going to ruin their day in a lot of different ways. Um, but also having just a free ploy to gain the primacy token is really strong too. And having that flexibility to use this in the way you need to, when you need to makes it feel like almost an auto include. Um, yeah. I a hundred percent support that. I mean, it's think of it this way. The first, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six words of this, make it inspiration strikes for your war band. Yep. Um, which is real strong, I guess, assuming head crack is alive. Uh, but on top of that, they potentially have a lot of objectives that uh, re rely on them having the uh, primacy token. So if you are sporting one of those, you just hold this until the end and then guarantee in the last power step that you're going to pick it up. Mm -hmm. um, so, so very cool. Um, and then it, in those, in those, like uh, in those things where like somebody just absolutely has to die, like you got, it's round two, round three, you got the first activation and tooth dag is second standing next to somebody and just whiffs the attack or hits, uh, but doesn't crit or, you know, it doesn't, doesn't get, um, yeah. Uh, the savage, uh, thing to go off. You didn't quite kill him. Like here's a way. Okay. Like we got to decide the game here on this attack. Uh, this, uh, this is decisive. I a hundred percent think this is an auto include. Yeah. I don't know how many times there've been situations where I've thought, well, that fighter's charged. So they're no longer a threat. So I don't have to worry about positioning around them as much. Well, this, this is not going to get you out of that because it can only be used on somebody with no charge tokens. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. Or if they've moved, I guess, sure. and thinking like, well, all they can do is sit there. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that doesn't necessarily change because like, then you still have to avoid them because they could make free attacks. But um, I don't know. I guess. Yeah. I mean, the, the <laughs> out of sequence attack can, can really throw off, uh, people. Yeah. So I, I think even if it was only gain the primacy token, I'd be looking at it real hard. Uh, yeah. But because yeah. it's got all the extra stuff on it and for the, and it's better than feign strength because you don't have to give it up. Like you can, you'll get primacy and you can keep it. 
uh, yeah. if you want to keep it. Yeah. I mean, this, this is so good. I mean, inspiration yeah. strikes for that also gives you a spent glory. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, think about it that way and then realize that you should take it. Yeah. Uh, we've only got two more here. There's a uh, strange portents, which is a little bit of a throwback to, I want to say, mm, curious inversion was that the uh, season one card there. yeah i think that's the right name i remember it has a giant giant skaven he's just grown up to this huge size <laughs> yeah he's he's about to uh take out uh i think bone cutter uh, bone right Chapa? bone cutter yeah um yeah so this uh fear becomes smash and vice versa dodge becomes uh block and vice versa and focus becomes channel and vice versa um situationally incredibly powerful right yeah uh if you are charging in with head cracker and you want to bump yourself up to now i'm going to hit on channels instead of focus and this target is defending on dodge instead of block that's big oh, time man. that's like that's a huge huge accuracy swing yep um so i uh it's hard because it's all over the place like there's going to be some war bands you know against uh I don't know, uh, let's say thorns or something like that. Um, or, uh, let's something more relevant. Like Lady Watch, <laughs> Lady Harrow is exactly all of a sudden you're like, here have way better defense. Although that feels like they're always on guard. <laughs> so, well, uh, I was actually I mean, thinking all their attacks, all their attacks are on swords. Oh, sure. And yep. some of them are like three and four dice. Yep. So, so defensively, like... not great. Um, but offensively, I think, uh, you can maybe give yourself a bump. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Lady Heroes is maybe like the worst case scenario for this card. Yeah. Like make sure they have no way of getting free attacks on you because <laughs> Yeah. Right. They would they would really ruin your day. I mean, yeah. I guess changing someone to block if you have cleave is okay, but Sure. Uh that And Wallop's got that, so it starts to feel a little weird. But yeah, still Although Wallop Wallop doesn't want to have this either because Wallop's on <laughs> no, Smash. So, yeah. Um but uh, think about uh, Tooth Dagger going from four four on Fury to four on Smash. That that's yeah. a big deal, right? Um, yeah. So a lot of a lot of things to consider on here. I don't I don't know. I think I'll experiment with it if I'm if I'm building yeah. a deck, and uh, it may end up getting cut for something that's uh, more likely to be consistently reliable. But yeah, something that has a more obvious role, I guess. Uh, yeah. But it's a very interesting mechanic, and I I like the concept. Yeah. Uh, last gambit war paint ward what do you think about this one yeah um so i wasn't quite sure when i first read it i thought okay that's that's probably sometimes useful but then i thought about it more and it's kind of like well this is like a defensive rebound but not quite as punishing but still equally game changing yeah um i mean obviously you hope you so i guess <laughs> Let's actually read the card. Reaction sure. uh, to use this during an attack action that targets a friendly fighter before the deal damage step. Um, so you get to roll one magic die, and on a roll of a crit, the combat sequence ends. So they, they don't deal damage, and uh, I believe that also means they won't get to drive you back. 100%. Um, so nice little extra bonus there. Uh, on a roll of a... Uh, focus instead you reduce the damage dealt by one um, so you have a pretty decent chance it's 50 50 that you're going to do at least something 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and even reducing damage by one, I feel like is often enough to save a fighter. Totally. Go so, ask any uh, Snarl Fangs player how good Narrow Escape is. Yeah, yeah. So while it's not guaranteed, uh, the fact that you have a situational, like, get out of jail free card yeah. um, that's not telegraphed feels pretty good. Um, I don't know if you're if it's always going to make it in, but I think if you know that there's going to be a lot of situational uh you know, moments in games where it's like, I just need to make one more activation or one more attack. Yeah. Uh, you, you'd probably be willing to bank on this card because yeah, when it works, it's going to be great. Yeah. I like it. And I'll, I'll tell you why I like that, 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 uh, because they're all four wounds, if this is in a, a smaller war band, like a, a war band with fewer wounds on their fighters, not so much, but because they're all four wounds, uh, the opponent is almost always relying on a damage upgrade or a damage gambit or something or hoping for the lethal to get you there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a 50-50 to make you survive that attack. And a 50-50 to survive is is pretty good. I But the reason I actually like it is because if the other player knows that you have this, they have to, <laughs> yeah. or, or thinks that you have it, right? Like, so game yeah. one in a match, like maybe they have it. So now every attack I go in, I, I want to try and do one more damage than I actually need to do. Um, and I'm not even talking about the crit here because that's, you know, the one in six, nobody's going to plan for that. But the, they're basically working on a 50-50 um, will this attack, you know, do I need to have more damage than than it mm-hmm. looks like? And I think, I think that extra uncertainty, that extra planning that you put on the other player is worth it right there. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've mentioned a, a number of times now, but head games seems to be a, a good thing that this Warband will be able to do. So yeah. I like it. Yeah. But that is the last ploy. So sure. we're in the home stretch here. Again, yeah. I'll try and wrap up with all of their upgrades. Is there yeah. any one that you would like to start with? I'm going to tag two of them. Uh, they only have two upgrades that are uh, attached to specific fighters, which is significant, which... Yeah. Uh, increases the possibility that they find stuff, you know, that that's usually quite a limiting thing. Uh, so I'll hit those two first. There's Killa Instinct, um, which is restricted to Tooth Daga. Uh, this fighter's range one attack actions have cleave and ensnare. So if you were to do something like give him a, a weapon, he would get it on that weapon. Uh, mm-hmm. Cleave and ensnare on uh, on four attack dice is is an awful lot. Like that, yeah. he is he's an accurate fella at that point. Uh, you're basically telling your opponent hope you hope you can roll some crits so, um <laughs> yeah uh so that's that's pretty solid and then uh morkish familiar as reroll one dice in this fighter's casting rolls obviously restricted head cracker um and that if you want to lean in a little bit to magic that is actually a pretty big deal um it makes that one focus pretty reliable it makes some of those two channel spells um yeah. a lot better uh, it makes his attacks a lot better. So, uh, that, that might be something right. Yeah. Like you, that's, well, that's an inspired his spell attacks doing three damage and uh, it, against adjacent targets. So, I mean, yeah, that, that's, that's pretty darn good. Uh, yep. so, I mean, we don't have generic awakened weapon and he's not a hunter. So, if you need an accuracy for everybody, here's an option that opens up a bunch of different avenues for you. 
yeah, if you're someone who's going to play it safe early and then commit him once he's powered up, I think this has got some play. Yeah. Um, talking about uh, re-rolls, though, why don't, you, why don't you talk to me about Lucky Bone? <laughs> yeah. So before I read the, what the card actually does, I, I this is another one I really like the flavor text for. Uh, so it says that the bone splitters festoon themselves with macabre trinkets that they believe protect them from harm. And astonishingly, they sometimes work. <laughs> <laughs> so this is an upgrade that gives you a reaction. And uh, so after this fighter's attack roll, defense roll, or casting roll, you can discard this card. And if you do, you can reroll any number of dice in that roll. Um, so on the face of it, you might think, well, a one-time reroll, I don't really want to upgrade that I can only use one time. However, this is super flexible, and it lets you reroll all of the dice, and you get to do this after the roll. So the only time you ever have to worry about burning it is when you know you already missed. Yeah. Uh, so I actually really like this. When I first read it, I was kind of like, yeah, it's all right. But I think after re- like thinking about it some more and pondering it, uh, I think this is this is one you're gonna really want to consider because it's a big boost, um, whether it's defensive or offensive, um, and even just having it on a fighter again, your opponent knows you have that option to burn mm. it and get a bunch of rerolls. Sure, yeah, and defensive, like you talk about uh, Miari's when uh, we were trying them out, like that ether quartz give you like a okay like i got one more chance to survive this attack like that's a big deal especially since it's as many dice so if you're talking a two dice yeah uh you know talking the boss or or inspired tooth dagger uh that's that's a lot of dice to throw to find that crit that you need to survive and again like you said only if you need it so if i already rolled my crit cool i'm gonna hang on to this uh super strong i like it a lot definitely What's another one you like a lot? Uh, we'll keep it on the reroll train. There's Green God's Glare. You can reroll one dice in this fighter's attack rolls for range three plus attack actions. Um, and then, uh, so this, for whatever reason, the Glare uh, also works with uh, Daco. Um, but it works for uh, both Daco and for uh, Headcracker, uh, specifically because it's talking about dice. It does not say attack dice. Mm-hmm. So I bring that up just to... Uh, if you're not used to looking for that language, uh, anytime you see something talking about rerolling uh, attack dice or dice, you need to make that distinction. So um, it's there. Rerolls are good. Mm-hmm. Uh, d- decide if you want it. Like there's uh, Daco is potentially putting out a number of shots with his reaction and uh, uh, Headcracker. Uh, it's a range three plus, even if you're adjacent. So. Uh, he can have a he can have a pretty powerful attack that's getting uh, rerolls. So. Yeah, yeah, I think that one's nice. Um, yeah, nice uh, middle of the road option doesn't guarantee anything, but yeah, um, definitely more rerolls. Keep going. More rerolls. Where's another reroll one? Spirit of Gorkamorka. Yeah, here we go. Okay, so this is you can reroll one dice in this fighter's attack rolls for range one and two attack actions. So I guess the the other half of uh, the warband can use this one um it's just awakened weapon and it's really good yep um we saw this all over the place when awakened weapon was legal i have to imagine this will be an early inclusion in a lot of decks for these guys 
attack dice rerolls are always solid. Yeah. Are there any other reroll ones? Did we get all the reroll ones? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we might have snagged them all at this point. I all mean, right. There's plenty. Cool. Yeah. So. That's a lot of rerolls. That's that's nice. Um, yeah. And that kind of goes on top of their inbuilt rerolls. So uh, rolling the dice all over the place. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, I would talk about next. Um, there's a couple of edge case ones. Uh, there is also well, Berserk Might is a uh, get knockback uh, on range one and two. And if you have primacy, you also have plus one damage. Um, because knockback isn't so great, this is, I kind of think this is, is like second fiddle to great strength. Uh, and given our current situation with as many damage buffs as we have, uh, not awesome. But mm-hmm. when and if some of those rotate out, um, that I guess Glory Seeker is not going to rotate. But uh, when some of these other ones start to, you know, Savage Strength or um, uh, Urgrub. Yeah, uh, Sting of the Urgrub. Sting of the Urgrub. And when they rotate out, then you then this starts to be something you might look at. But right now, uh, not necessarily. But always nice to have an extra damage boost in your back pocket when you yeah. need it. Um, power of the beast i kind of referred to this earlier it's uh it's plus one wounds or plus two wounds if you have the primacy that second caveat is is kind of edge because uh uh you will lose it at the end of each round after you discard primacy mm-hmm. um i i mentioned it mostly because it it seems like it's in there to help you score biggest and meanest which you probably shouldn't be taking but, uh, <laughs> yeah um but it is, I mean, for what it's worth, it's strictly better than great fortitude and we see great fortitude a lot. So, uh, yeah, when, when I, when I first saw it and was looking at that second thing, I was like, yeah, that's not really anything. I was like, well, on its own, it's still, it's still great fortitude only, yeah. you know, situationally better. So that's actually pretty good. Yeah. I imagine people will still take this because if this just said plus one wounds, uh, people would be like, cool, I get to take two great fortitudes. Absolutely. So there's there's really no downside to having that. Just remember that like having plus two wounds doesn't sure. actually mean plus two wounds. And uh, even if that extra wound like only saves you to die at the end of the round when the primacy wears off, there's a good chance that you've denied. Yeah. Because that's after primacy is discarded after the end phase. Yep. So if they're counting on it for, you know, something like, you know, I need to have two kills, you know, like uh, bold deeds or, or something like that, or even a kill or any surges that trigger off of a kill, you're denying those. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, not nothing. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I don't know that you'd always want to do this, but it does potentially give you some leeway to be like, well, I know I can take one more than I normally would be able to. And although I know I'll end up dead later, it lets me be that much more aggressive because I know I'll still survive their hit, whatever that might be. Sure. Um, so I don't know, situationally that could still be really useful. Yeah. I mean, like we said, uh, a situationally better, great fortitude is better than great <laughs> fortitude, which is already a good card. So yeah, hats off. So I guess since that one's sort of a survivability one, I'll, grab this other survivability one uh while we're on that subject and that is thick hide Mm. um this is i think exactly a reprint of uh one of a universal that we had a while back in night vault um so this is if a fighter would be dealt precisely one damage 
they're not dealt that damage. Um, this probably won't save your life very often, but it does open up a whole bunch of flexibility. And in certain mm-hmm. matchups, it actually gets to be a bit oppressive. Uh, so I, I don't know that you always take it, but if you know your meta is like a lot of gets or a lot of range three attacks, you probably consider this because uh, most range three attacks are one damage. So you could make a fighter basically immune. Mm. Um, feel real bad. I think the thing <laughs> I like the best about it is that it makes you immune to lethal hexes. Yeah, I think that's the most relevant uh, thing that that it applies to in today's game because there's lethals all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. So um, once you can freely charge through lethals or or uh, stand next to a lethal and not have to worry about it, uh, that's a big deal. Uh, it keeps you protected from things like snare. Um, uninspired Thundrix are really mad at you for taking this. <laughs> um, so there, there's... Uh, there's things I just think it, it probably ends up being your 12th or 13th upgrade. I would um, agree. But uh, maybe as damage, you know, uh, yeah, who knows? Um, there was a while we were in a, a pretty ping situation. Mm-hmm. And maybe we returned to that, like lethal wards in the game uh, from here on out. So uh, I think it's a good one to have in the toolbox and just lean on when you need. Uh, this was my personal favorite for a quote because it's got uh, Daco <laughs> and he's been yeah. shot full of arrows and it says, uh, great, more arrows. That'll come in handy. Uh-huh. So he's just going to like what, pull them out of himself and shoot them back. Yep. What a, what a boss. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so we got two left. Which Which one do you want to take here? Uh, let's say spirit of the beast. If we go stamina reserves. Um, this is a reaction, which you want to, uh, keep note of if you're, if you're thinking of running the reaction, uh, uh, objective, uh, after this fighter's move action, discard this card. If you do remove one move token from this fighter reaction after this fighter's charge action, discard this card. If you do give this fighter one move token and, uh, remove one charge token from this fighter. So, uh, this is this is basically a uh, get to move twice or turn a charge uh, into what was just a move. Uh, that's pretty powerful. Um, there's there's some pretty cool stuff. It, it is a little bit telegraphed then because it's on an upgrade, um, but uh, but pretty cool. Like if you you can have it on and then charge in at somebody, uh, and if you get the kill save it for later if you miss the kill convert your charge to a move so then they've got to respect the fact that you could take another swing next round yeah yeah and this is another one where although it's telegraphed it also means your opponent's immediately having to plan for it whether you're going to actually use it right away or not yeah um so i like that and and it uh it pairs very nicely actually with uh, uh primal brutality uh, that's the one where you discard oh. primacy. Uh, you can't use it on somebody with a charge token. Um, so charge in, take your attack. Whoops, I missed. I'm going to just pretend that I only made a move. <laughs> and uh, then I'm going to take another attempt with uh, Primal Brutality. Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. Now, is it in is Primal Brutality in the same reaction window? Uh, primal Brutality is not a reaction, so it's just a, oh, yeah. uh, it's just a gambit. Oh, yeah just yeah you just get to do it so i like that and it's one of those that because this happens to me all the time where 
uh, and I say all the time because I've been running a lot of reverse, but, um, <laughs> you end up with just like one fighter at the end. You're like, oh, man, like I'm one charge and done. And this, this kind of opens up what that one fighter can do. Um, yeah. so, uh, it helps if you're down to not very many fighters or if you have one fighter who is like really, um, Voltroned up and you need to make them relevant. So I like this. Yeah. All right. Last card. Do Last it. one. Spirit of the beast. If you have the primacy token, when you give this upgrade to a fighter, that fighter becomes inspired. When you gain the primacy token, this fighter is inspired. And this fighter is on guard while you have the primacy token. Yeah. So at worst, this is a, um, like, this is just a card that you're banking for the future to get an extra inspire off of gaining the primacy token which that's not bad uh if you can inspire two fighters when you get the primacy token instead of one obviously you've doubled your efficiency um but having a i'm always on guard type upgrade is also very good um, especially since all your guys are on dodge so yeah um I mean, this seems pretty solid to me. I don't know that it's always going to make it into the deck, but uh, I mean, finding free ways to inspire is always pretty solid. And then having um, an extra benefit on top of that makes it feel feel yeah. pretty good. I think it's pretty great, especially since you're already working on getting primacy in a bunch of different ways. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm a fan. And, and it basically turns into uh, getting primacy once into two uh, two inspires and because it has that final caveat of while you have primacy you're on guard uh it gives you something even if it's late game and everyone relevant is inspired at this point uh it still has something you can do and we talked about that last episode of having cards that have like hey if my primary thing that i do is already done or irrelevant there is at least something on a lower uh lower level i can do and you know putting tooth dagger or i honestly any of them you know uh you're either two dodge on guard or your dodge with a reroll on guard both those are both those are pretty solid yeah but that that wraps us up we've we've run through all the new cards for these yeah. guys um i think we've throughout sort of talked through a lot of what we think they would be wanting to do um but i guess just give the listeners what you think their main play style could or should be well, I think the obvious one is uh, aggro and moving into territory. Uh, and they kind of telegraph that with that great hunters that end phase one. I mean, I think that's a, a cool way of signaling like, hey, this is kind of what this warband wants to do. Yeah. But uh, as we were talking through some of those objectives and some of the cards, I felt like I was often saying like, yeah, I think there might be like a control build or I think there might be a passive build um, that you could go to uh, that where this card becomes more relevant. Uh, and I think... You know, well, the other thing is like uh, just purely on the strength of uh, feign strength where you pick up primacy, but then have to discard it at the end of the round. Yeah. You know, I think there's primacy builds where you have things that you do stuff with primacy during the round, but you don't count on having it at the end of the round simply because you have, you know, feign strength in there. Um, so I think there is, I think there is a build that's have primacy at the end of the round and have particular states uh, in play. I think there is. Uh, don't worry about primacy at the end of the round, but you're aggro and trying to get it. And I think there's some other that are uh, more control oriented. 
uh, where you are maybe standing on objectives or positioning yourself. Uh, and I think they've built an interesting faction card deck that lets you build in multiple directions. Uh, and for that reason, they feel similar a little bit to me. They feel similar to Dread Pageant in that all the fighters have a specific role. They all have something cool they can do. Uh, and there are a few different ways you could go with the Warband. Uh, maybe not quite as as uh, flexible as Dread Pageant, but uh, certainly uh, certainly some options on, on how you want to build. I, I like that it doesn't say, like, you must build me this way right out of the gate. Um, what about you? You got any main takeaways? Yeah, um, I mostly agree. I think, I think generally they're going to just be aggro. I, I mean, it just feels like they just want to get in and hit stuff. But I... I really like what they're doing with primacy and I really like the idea of trying to build a deck that's all around giving and taking and getting and discarding primacy. Um, I don't remember the cards right off the top of my head, but I know there were a few that it's like score for gaining primacy score, discarding primacy, like doing all these different things with the primacy token. And suddenly they have a reason for wanting to do it enough that you'd actually take just ploys to do that and so Mm -hmm. um i i think if i was going to play them i'd probably go that route but i always like to do the the weird stuff sometimes um just to try and see if it'll work um but i think i think they're like i said a couple of times earlier i think they're a solid like upper middle range warband i think they'll they'll be forgiving because of their survivability but they'll uh they're not going to be you know, knocking all the main meta contenders out of the game because they're not like broken by any means. So I really like that. Yeah. Powerful, not busted. And then, uh, a lot of, lot of space to build decks with. So, yeah, but I, uh, I think, I think that's pretty much it for now. I mean, these are just some hot takes. Maybe we'll, we'll revisit, but, uh, you got any final thoughts before we take it out here? Um, just uh, if we had to get another warband, uh, actually, honestly, it, it wasn't that quick of a of a turnaround to get this next warband. We're just used to getting two at a time, so that the releases are more spread out. Uh, That's but true. I continue to be impressed with what they're doing. Like, how many four fighter warbands did we get this season? Uh, and they're doing very different things with all of them. So yeah, very um, well designed. Excited to I'm. This is one of those warbands I'm excited to play with and play against. So. Uh, I'm I'm happy they're here. Yeah, I hope we see them a lot. I hope they change things up for people enough that they want to displace some of the meta. Yep. But that's going to do it for us today. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us to talk about this episode or any of the other things that we've talked about in previous episodes, you can reach out to us at WTHCast on Twitter or at the uh, our email at whattheheckscast at gmail.com. Um, If you are interested in more of our content or if you want to check out more content generally about the Mortal Realms, you can head on over to themortalrealms.com, check out all the different podcasts and blogs and everything else. I I assume that you're... Yeah, can I interject there? Sure. Uh, Because, Phil, in your... What the heck have you been up to? We didn't mention this, but you you just went in uh, to one of our other casts, the, um, the story phase. I did. Uh, and yeah. they are working on a series of all the broken realms books. So if you want to know more about the, the background of, um, the greater age of Sigmar 
uh, universe, uh, then that is good. And I'm someone who has not actually read them. I've been, I've been actually relying on listening to, uh, you and the rest of the crew, um, as, as it comes along, whatever makeup they happen to have on that particular story phase, uh, it's been really entertaining. Uh, and so purely as a listener, I recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have also been listening, but I've also been reading, um, they're great stories, whether you play Age of Sigmar or not. So I would highly recommend it if you have even the remotest interest in Age of Sigmar lore. Um, as always, uh, thanks for listening. Um, we do have a Patreon and we do have some merch. If you're interested in contributing uh, to help support our channel and all the, the uh, podcasts and content that we create, um, obviously no obligation. But if you'd like to help us out, feel free. Um, coming up next, uh, it's a little <laughs> unclear right now. The, yeah. the release slate has been hot and heavy. We, they've been coming at us faster than we can get episodes out. So we still need to cover the Crimson Court. Uh, and we've got the universals from these guys and, you know, we've got another, another surprise package of cards that is going to be coming out here pretty soon. If you are watching the, uh, Warhammer Fest reveals, um, or recent recent news. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be busy. Um, <laughs> I, any any feelings on what you th- want people to expect next? <laughs> I, I don't. It's it's all going to be uh, scheduling related. So we, we've got different potential guests. Um, I, I just got a message. My uh, the the newbie I kind of uh, handed off the starter set to is just played his first game tonight. Um, so maybe that'll get up and running. Excellent. So we get, we got a lot of things, um, but whatever it is, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna try and give you some solid content, uh, that you're gonna be able to enjoy and walk away with. And, uh, yeah, just thanks. Thanks in advance for listening to that. And thanks for listening to this that you already did. Yeah. You got some recommended listening for folks today. Oh yeah. Um, we've got, uh, we're all mad here by Ooh. Tom Waits off of the Alice album. So I'm a perfect a big Tom Waits fan. I, I, I don't always get to play it around the house, uh, mostly because my wife objects to his voice. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's understandable. Ooh. I can't falter for that. <laughs> so Fair. Well, for what the hecks, I've been Phil. I've been Davey. monster episode monster like seat of the pants kind of stuff yeah. here <laughs> freestyle <Yeah>. everything <laughs> spitting hot rhymes <laughs>